Welcome to The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges. I'm Veronica Avila, and my co-host Omar Ramos is out on a special assignment, but joining me is guest co-host Robert Salazar. Welcome, Robert. Hey, thanks for having me back. So excited. And we're happy to have you here because I know you're going to love today's episode. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) The role of play. Good stuff ahead. Yes, and we also have our resident expert, Dr. Alicia Laos. As you all know, she's a clinical psychologist. She's the CEO of Family Bridges and co author of The Struggle Israel. Welcome back, Dr. Laos. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. So I know one of our other guests is an exploding unicorn. That's, is that right? That's right. Have you heard of an exploding unicorn? I've seen an exploding Sasquatch, but never an exploding <laughs> unicorn. So I've got a million questions. That's right. So we have him on our podcast today. And together we're going to discuss what you just said, our, this topic. It's called The Role of Play, because it's so much fun to include fun in your parenting plan. And so this guest today, the exploding unicorn himself, is James Breakwell. He's a professional comedy writer and amateur father of four girls. Hey, James. Hey, thanks for having me. So you're one of the most famous dads on social media, over 700,000 followers on Twitter here. And you've been a guest on so many programs. You've been written up all over the country. And you've got a new book coming out. Do you want to introduce the book? Absolutely. It's uh, Only Dead on the Inside, A Parent's Guide to Surviving the Zombie Apocalypse. Uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of parenting guides out there. There's a lot of zombie guides out there, but there was nothing there that kind of married the two. So I wanted to I wanted to take kind of a fun look at parenting that might also have some useful parenting tips, but also, you know, teach you to survive the undead, which is something we'll all need to know. All the other zombie guides out there kind of assume you're young, uh, young, fit survivalists with all these skills. But this is about what happens to the rest of us. If you got, you know, you're not in the best shape and you've got three or four kids to drag through the apocalypse, what then? You know, this kind of addresses that scenario. Uh, and let me tell you, we've been following your Twitter account and goodness. I know you have so much fun with those girls of yours. You have four girls and they're all under the age of 10. How's that experience? It's uh, It keeps you busy. I've got uh, four daughters ages 7, 5, 3, and 1. Uh, and if you do the math, all four of them will be teenagers at the same time. So, uh, so pray for me. But, so, so for right now, though, we, we're, we're doing our best. We're testing out our zombie survival tips and trying to have fun with everything. I'm that, posting about that every day on social media then. That's going to be a heck of a crew in high school. I'll tell you that. They're going to be the queens of the, queens of the school. They're going to be the zombie squad. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So tell me quickly about the exploding unicorn. Where did this come from? goes all the way back to high school. I had a computer literacy class with a little bit of extra free time every day. And like most normal kids my age, I used that time to write a fake book of the Bible. And a part <laughs> of it was about unicorns filled with hydrogen that exploded and the passage ended. And that's where we get the saying, it exploded like a unicorn. And so uh, as the years went on, I, I refined my comedy writing attack from that. And uh, when I finally started a website and a social media account, I wanted the image to go back to. So I went back to the idea of the exploding unicorn unicorn because there's not a lot of exploding unicorns out there. So I figured the name would stick with people. Veronica, when you hear an exploding unicorn, do you imagine a poof or a bang? I imagine a huge poof with glitter, with colorful confetti, and just ice cream and popsicles. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a four-year-old it's a girl good, that loves unicorns. It's a good thing. So. We all, if you hold a cone when it happens, of you course. end up with a big scoop on you your... You write it, yeah. and then it explodes, oh. and then you get all this <laughs> yummy stuff out of it. Is, is that correct? Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a little mixed. I think there might be. I think there's going to be some glitter because glitter is pretty tough to deal with. But I think there's probably going to be some unicorn chunks in there as well. I think you want to. You probably want to clear the blast radius when the unicorn explodes. 
in keeping in that spirit of play, let's start with our first sketch. It's called Very Safety Oriented. We've got a new coach coming into the gym class, and he's going to get some rules for everybody. So let's listen. All right, everybody, quiet down. Mr. Bowles is going to be out the next few days. He was climbing out of his sports car, slipped on some ice, and threw out his back. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, that's what happens when you're not careful. I'm Mr. Anderson Linden, but you can call me Mr. A. Now, today, we're going to play a little dodgeball. Yay! You're going down, Don't grab your dodgeballs yet. First, I'm going to check on your shoelaces. Okay... Those are tied. Those are tied. Okay, can you tie those a little tighter and see me afterwards? Okay, great. I don't want anyone tripping. Now, slowly walk over to the dodgeballs. All right. Yay! All right, guys, we're going to keep our voices down. If everyone's yelling and someone screams for help, well, they're going to get lost in the sound. Now, everyone's got a dodgeball. Don't throw them. Someone could get hit in the eye, the groin, or even worse, the brain. How can we play dodgeball if we can't throw? Well, it'll be like tag. But you said it'll be dodgeball. You're still dodging the balls. All right, this reminds me, no running. No running? Running, little lady, leads to tripping. And tripping leads to scabs. What does my shirt say? Safety first. Ah, and what's my hat say? Mr. A. That's right. Mr. A keeps your safety in mind. First. This doesn't feel like playing. Can we, like, close our eyes or something when we play? No, tall kid, because then you'll bump into each other and you'll get brain damage. I don't think... All right. Dodgeball! No yelling, no anything. All in the name of safety. I mean, what's what's up this new coach, doctor? Way over the top. You know, how about just being a kid? Hey, I, I get it that coaches, you know, there's some rules in the game. He's got to keep order and, and there's some, mm-hmm. obviously he has to keep some safety. But this one's even bending the rules of the game just to even avoid it altogether. And then I don't know about you. I recognize that voice. I don't know. I have to say. I have it to is say, me. I, <laughs> It is me putting on a little bit of a weird accent, I guess. I don't know where that is from. Robert's also an actor, as you can hear. He, You did a great job there. But seriously, James, what happens when a coach or a parent goes over the top with safety, when they take him too seriously? Would he survive the zombie apocalypse? <laughs> I don't know if the coach would survive, but the kids will survive. <laughs> and the kids will survive because they're more durable than we give them credit for. I mean, they're they're mostly cartilage. They bounce back pretty quick. I, I realized early on in parenting, there's there's a greater margin for error than I thought. And for the most part, <laughs> kids will be okay. If they were as fragile as we think they are, the human race would have gone extinct a long time mm-hmm. ago. So, I mean, you, and I, I know growing up, I don't know if you guys ever played this game, like Red Rover, you'd hold hands and lines and charged each other full speed and i mean we used to do some really dangerous stuff in our playground for when it rained was on an asphalt parking lot mm-hmm. so you kind of got that extreme where we were doing dumb things we probably shouldn't do but then today people have kind of taken into the opposite direction where you've you know 
there's really no possible way you can get hurt and things are too safe. So it's probably all about finding balance and just remembering that, that one way or another, kids are probably going to be okay. Doctor, there's a concept that you like to keep in mind with your kids that's keep them as safe as necessary as opposed to as safe as possible. Can you tell us more about this? Yeah, I, I, that's the concept. I think, sure, as parents, we want our kids to be safe to a certain extent, but we do do it over the top. I mean, as soon as you have a baby, it's like you're buying all sorts of gates and keep them away from this and the burner. And, you know, you obviously want to teach them concepts, but we're so hovering over them all the mm-hmm. time that we're not giving them a chance to take risks because we're afraid that those risks will hurt get them get hurt and that's where grit comes in you're gonna learn when you fall and when you you know ride the bike and we gotta let them fall it is it's a balancing act as a parent you gotta sure do a little bit of safety and and provide some some soft corners out there but when you do it when you're seeing yourself going way over the top and you're not you're allowing your child to just be a child and have fun and like James said they're going to bounce back up they're super resilient Mm -hmm. children are amazingly resilient so when we create so much safety cushions in our lives we're doing it more for us as a parent than more for the children because the children are going to be okay it's sometimes that we as parents need to cuddle them because we're afraid of our own ability to cope and manage James how do you how do you feel about the child leash I've never used a child leash, but I can see where they're coming from. You get, you get four <laughs> kids running in four different directions, and it's just like, how do you even keep track? And I, I think kids, sometimes they do their best to make things as hard as possible and, and to get lost. So I, I have too much pride to ever use a child leash, but I'm, I'm not going to judge anybody who does for you know getting the job done in the most practical way possible. <laughs> And you know what? I have to confess. I have three kids. I have the, the two little ones are six and four. And this summer I went to uh, the Taste of Chicago. Big mistake. I took my, my double seat jogging stroller. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. Try to go through all these thousands of people with that double stroller. Oh, I, I, I kid you not. I did think about the leash. You thought about Sorry. the leash. I did. I was Everyone like, maybe it would, have been it. A, it would have been a better idea to bring that because they run around too much. Mm. But I, I didn't do it. Maybe we just need little Bluetooths we put in like uh, their pockets or something like that. <laughs> a microchip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that way they can be free. But we're still like, up oh, there they are on my phone. I can see them. <laughs> but then what if something <laughs> happens to them, right? What if they eat the Bluetooth? <laughs> <laughs> what if that's the name of our next skit? And let's go ahead and listen to it. Let's go, Janine! Oh, man. That looks dangerous. She's really supposed to stay balanced on that thin little beam? Well, she slips and falls on her head. Better look at the statistics. Gymnastics, accidents. Oh, no. (laughs) These headlines. Woman gets permanent brain damage. She'll have brain damage. Permanently. I mean, there's mats on the floor, but she could hurt her neck. And then she'll be in a wheelchair. Oh, no. Why did I let her sign up for this? I'm a terrible father. Be careful, Janine. Oh, no. I bet that distractor. Now she'll fall for sure. What if she falls and lands on the beam between her legs? What if then she can never have children? Then what will she do if she never knows the joy of children? Way to go, Janine. (laughs) What was I worried for? Uh Uh-oh. But this means she's going to the finals. Jeff, he was cheering on his daughter Janine during her gymnastics performance and all while hearing a bunch of what-ifs in his head. I must confess again that I have been Jeff in the past. (laughs) I have been the parent who really wants to cheer on their kid, 
but is just like really afraid of what might happen if she falls, if she tumbles. Oh. My daughter does cheerleading. I saw her do this tumbling thing, and I was like, oh my god, she's not gonna land. She's not gonna land. And then she did. She landed, and I yeah. was like, yeah, vale, go, vale, doctor. How can we handle these voices in our head, these worries, so that we can help our kids stay confident in their performance at the end? Some of it is legit. Like you're the one that has to pay the medical doctor, and you're the one that mm-hmm. has to be the nurse. And you know, you're like, I don't want to be either. And it's expensive when they do break a leg and what have you. And yeah, so I get parents mm-hmm. in that respect. Yes. Um, so I, what do we do? You know, we just recognize that that self awareness is important. Is my anxiety based on reality? I mean, is it, or I'm making it more than what it needs to be. And so doing that that self-check-in, I think, is really important. Is it really legit or am I over the top with it? So just ask yourself those questions. And I think that that will be a good way to gauge how much you're reacting or overreacting. And James, I mean, have you experienced something similar with your daughters? Like, how do you prepare them for risky activities, like getting from one end of the mall to the end of the end of the mall during the zombie apocalypse? I don't know. That's just (laughs) one example. How do you prepare for yourself? I guess it's all about calculated risk taking. You figure that, uh, you know, as an adult, you know, the dangers more than they do, whether it be gravity during a cheerleading spin or zombies in the mall during the apocalypse. You kind of have to apply that. Every kid is different. Some kid, the issue is they're too fearless and you've got to step in and rein them back. And with my kids, my kids mm-hmm. are probably too cautious. I need to nudge them out a little bit. Now, being naturally cautious will, will come in handy when the dead walk the earth. Now, will it, will it hold them back in cheerleading practice when they're old enough for that? Possibly. But, uh, you know, it all comes down to practice whatever you're doing, just getting ready for that. If they're practicing tumbling and doing that with math and safe, you know, in a safe environment, then hopefully they'll be ready, you know, when it comes to the gym or if they're practicing for zombies at home when there are no zombies, they'll be ready for the real thing. So it all all comes together. I really like what you said, James. You have to just take into account every child and they're unique and they're in a different circumstance. Some need a little bit more nudging and others need to be held back. Now, even though Jeff was worried, he also kept his worries to himself and kept cheering on his daughter. What could have happened, doctor? If instead of keeping the words to himself, he spilled them over to his daughter before the performance, what could have happened to the daughter? Well, then she's going to take on not only, you know, maybe she was fine, calm and collected and Mm -hmm. just was excited or or maybe had a little bit of anxiety but was able to manage it. But now she not only has her anxiety to deal with, she's taken on the anxiety of the parent. And then that may aggravate the circumstance and push it forth. And that happens probably more often than not where us as parents will Mm -hmm. pour in our own issues into our kids and create a story for them that they originally perhaps didn't even have. Yes. to be mindful a, of that. A, a script for them of worry. Yeah. You know, like, weren't you worried you're going to pee your pants up there? I was like, uh, not before. Thanks for, you know, putting that in my head. Now I'm going to, you know, have that to worry with. Yeah. yeah so we got to be careful what we do say before and after. And as you said, or as James uh, was mentioning, also know the kids, what kind of risk takers they are. Yeah. You know, these opportunities are going to allow your child to just great get a greater sense of self-confidence, be able to know that they're able to do something mm-hmm. that perhaps they didn't know, you know, speaking in front of the classroom, they're afraid of doing that, or they climbed the monkey bars and they did it on the, I don't know, whatever it is that they are able to achieve, that's going to create a sense of I did it. And then the next challenge, you're going to be more prepared. They're going to feel more confident that they're able to tackle it. And if we are holding them back each time because we are anxious and we can't manage our own anxiety, anxiety, then we're not really allowing them to grow and have those opportunities. And so then we're going to create an anxious child that is going to be afraid of just tackling and, and doing and, you know, 
handling whatever may come their way. That's right. And now that you mentioned that, Doctor, I remember in, in your book, The Struggle is Real, you do mention a story that I would love for you to share with us quickly of Catalina, your daughter, when she was trying to take a risk and you were afraid, but then she handled it. Well, yeah, we were we were in Costa Rica and we were doing some hiking and she was three at the time. And if you think of a three-year-old, they want to be independent. They're trying to push out. And so she didn't want for me to hold her hand. And we're like climbing this hike and I'm looking over to the left and it's not, you know, it's not exactly a safe zone. And so, you know, I'm holding on to her and then but I recognized that she just wanted a little bit of that oomph. I want to be able to do it. So we eventually, when we got to a clearing, I was able to let go, and she she handled herself just fine. But it was it was that personal like, oh my gosh, I'm not gonna let go. She wants to be independent, but yeah. And so there's that you know you got to measure your risk as a parent. Not gonna let her climb this mountain thing without holding on to her. She's only three, mm-hmm. and obviously it's a very perilous situation. But when we were able to be in a situation that it was a little bit safer, then I was able to let go, and she she was just beaming. She was so happy that she was able to climb this thing by herself. But I had to measure that, you know. It sounds like Catalina might make a good teammate for... It's good to have good teammates during the zombie apocalypse. James, (laughs) I was wondering what you're kind of looking for in a teammate for the zombie apocalypse. I'm looking for people who uh, can stay quiet for long periods of time and sit still. That's very hard to find in children. That's pretty, pretty much the opposite of children, really. You think about it, they want to run around and go everywhere, and they're really bad at hiding. I mean, they'll hide in their whole legs or head or sticking out. So yeah. that's, that's not going to yes. fare well with zombies. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. zombies are great at finding. <laughs> So this dad coming up, he might be one to consider for your team in surviving the zombie apocalypse, James. We're going to listen to Snow Mountain. It was just an average day in July when Clark made an amazing discovery. Brumming with excitement, he ran to tell his little brother. Simon, what are you doing? Playing Snow Mountain. Don't stand in front of the TV. Snow Mountain? The sledding video game? Yeah, I miss sledding. Well, you're going to be stoked about what I just found. Don't stand in front of the TV. Guess. A bunch of old DVDs? No. Some old dentures? No. What? I found a refrigerator box. Whoa, wait. Like a mini fridge? Nope. Full-sized fridge. Wow! Want to slide it down the steps? Duh! Oh yeah, it's gonna be just like Snow Mountain. I'm going to put on my winter coat and snow pants. So Simon and Clark got wrapped up in their puffiest winter coats and got ready to ride the refrigerator box down the stairs. All right, ready? One, two. Hey, 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 boys! What are you doing? Oh, nothing. You're just in your snow clothes in July. Well, we were going to slide down the steps on this cardboard box. We'll cut it out. Hey, well, I didn't say you needed to stop, but you're wearing the snow clothes for padding? Well, that, and we want it to be cool. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's cool. But if you use a cardboard box, you're going to get a lump for every step, and you'll just be bruised like a bag of peaches. Okay, we'll stop. No, no. Why don't you ride down on a mattress? You see, you get more slide and more bounce when you hit the bottom. Oh. Yeah. Five minutes later. Whee! As they slid down the steps all day, I'll have to say, it was a good day. 
no broken bones going into the zombie apocalypse is a good thing. <laughs> I um if I if if I tried that with my kids, my wife would kill me. So I am not that risk taking. There's, there's always a constant veto there for all my best ideas. Um, yeah, I, I can't imagine somebody's gonna have to you know pick up that mattress or then the cardboard, remake the bed, do all those things. So uh, I think he's gonna have a fun afternoon in front of them. But at least uh, at least nobody got hurt. So hopefully the spouse won't find out. <laughs> I probably would have done the same thing your wife would would would, would say or would do. For me, it would be I would have taken the route of oh no, no mountain sledding. Period. But I actually liked what this dad did. I mean, he he provided this cushion, this this whole mattress idea, and he made it fun. Doctor, what is dad doing to the to his kids' confidence with his actions? Well, one, I think he's loosened up. I think as parents, I just like it that sometimes we take life too seriously, yes. and we need to loosen up a little bit and just enjoy the moment and have fun with them. And I I just I think that that's what I like that he let himself be led by his kids. And sometimes I think we need to do that. Maybe your parent there is not too comfortable with sliding down the stairs with a mattress but that I think the lesson here is can we just have fun with our kids and, and take their lead instead of always providing restrictions and rules where they can't have fun and can't do this and can't do that and can't you know just with full regulations mm-hmm. it's like for Pete's sake let them splash in the bathtub and you know what's the worst thing that can happen you have to clean up I get it but just let yourself have fun with them and I think that that's the spirit of the skit that we're so caught up with safety and rules and and chores and things that have to be done that we don't want to build the fortresses in the bedroom because it's too many sheets that we have to wash later and put away with. And so it's we don't want to deal with the cleanup, and so mm-hmm. therefore we don't want to just let ourselves be carried away. We, we, if we do, we'll have fun too. Yes. So I think that that's the, con- the spirit here of sliding down. But by the way, I was one that grew up sliding yes. down the stairs with mattresses yes. and it was a blast. So <laughs> This story actually is Dr. Alicia Lagos' story. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. Her father provided this mattress so she could ride down the mattress down, down the staircase. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was fun. Now, my fun. dad was the one who was like, put on your snow pants. That'll be extra padding for you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you know what? It's true what you're saying. Many parents, and I count myself in it, I find myself maybe being too cautious or just so busy and so caught up in my own adult world that I forget to have fun with the kids. But I don't know about you guys. Have you ever been to a party where you go into the bouncers, the moon bouncers? What do you call yeah. them? The, the jumpies or the whatever? The moon bounce, yeah. The moon bounce. Have you ever done that? Yeah, of course. Oh, my goodness. We I have so much fun. Yes. And why do we forget to be like our kids, Dr. Laos? Why do we get so caught up in this adult Well, world? we're paying bills and we have to do the taxes and mm. we have to do those things. And I mean, that just makes us grown up and serious. Yeah, James, I wonder how much you like try to include play in your own parenting plan. Well, I mean, they, they work play into it all on their own. I mean, you just kind of have to <laughs> keep an eye on it. I mean, <laughs> the house quickly becomes a disaster area with all of the things they're playing with, you know, for 30 seconds here or 30 seconds there. If I also got out the mattresses too, you wouldn't be able to see the floor, but they, they do a good job of it. I think more than anything, the biggest way to encourage play, uh, you don't even necessarily have to dismantle the house and build slides and everything. It's just kind of to give them the free time to do that. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I think we want people want to just put them in all these activities, you know, go to choir, go to soccer, do all these things. And really on their own, that's not the way kids play. They don't necessarily want to stand there and be instructing in sports. They just want to, they just want to go out and, you know, go nuts. As long as we're kind of there as referees to make sure nobody ends up bleeding and nothing gets shattered, then, then I uh, think they'll be okay. Referee is a great way to put that <laughs> role. I agree. Love it. Love Love it. Now, what is James and parents that do the same thing that include play in their parenting plan? What are they doing to that father and children relationship, doctor? Well, one, if you do it with them, if you join their game, 
then you're having an opportunity for them to connect. And you don't have to do that all the time. Like James said, the mm-hmm. kids just have play in them. But we do. We overschedule them. And so then we don't give them chance to dig a hole in the backyard. And, and I think as parents, we need to loosen up, provide some boundaries. I get it. We don't want them to spill over the whole entire house. Maybe you're okay with that. But I do know some parents that are also afraid of the kids. You know, they're like, no, you can't make dig a hole in the backyard because it's going to mess up my perfectly manicured lawn. And, you know, that may be a value for you, but they're having a blast digging a hole in the ground. So I don't know. I mean, just create, yes, create some boundaries. There's some something, some sacred parts of your house that perhaps <laughs> they can't be touched for you. When I was but a loosen kid, up, uh, you know. When I was a kid, I, I used to fight, my bro- me and my brother used to fight with plungers. And uh, oh, goodness. one day he came at me with the plunger and I dodged it. It got on the wall. No. And then, of course, he pulls the plunger and the whole wall came with it. Oh, my oh, goodness. My. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. We sat at the kitchen table and just waited for our dad to come home and be like, we're so sorry. We, we will never play with the plungers again. There was this study at CNN that showed that, I don't know, by the time the kids are 18, we spent over like 250000 I might be wrong, but it was, a, it was a lot of money. And it's probably, you know, walls and doors and things that have to be fixed, a big chunk of that money. Yeah. Yes. James, do you keep any kind of zombie budget for that sort of situation or, you know? <laughs> Well, the great thing about the zombie apocalypse is there won't be any money anymore. It's all barter, so it should be a huge cost savings. Yeah, get those jars of uh, peaches ready or something. Um. (laughs) Well, this has been a fun podcast. James Brakewell, all known as the Exploding Unicorn. It was great to have you on The Struggle is Real. Tell us where we can get your book and how people can stay connected with you on social media. My book comes out October 10th, and it's available for pre-order now. And if you pre-order it now, it might even come early because it's not Harry Potter. They don't stick real closely to the release date. But it's available you know, on, on, on most online retailers and, and hopefully big box stores as well. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Exploding Unicorn without the E on the front or on Facebook at Exploding Unicorn with the E. So either one, I put all my jokes on there so you can kind of follow along with my family. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to it like the next Harry Potter book. I'm so excited (laughs) to read it. What a great idea. What a fun concept. Thank you so much for having us on. And thank you, everybody, for listening to The Struggle is Real. You can download The Struggle is Real app so you don't miss out on any of the topics or follow us on social media at hashtag The Struggle is Real or hashtag TSIR for blogs, tips, and more. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm Robert Salazar. I'm Veronica Avila. And this was The Struggle is Real. Till next time. This was The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. For more ideas on parenting, get your copy of The Struggle is Real by Drs. Paul Meyer and Alicia Laos on FamilyBridgesUSA.com. 